This is Evidence-Based GI, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing the management of patients hospitalized with decompensated cirrhosis, specifically focusing on the efficacy of albumin infusions. And we'll be discussing this with our newest associate editor, Nicole Rich, Assistant Professor of Medicine at UT Southwestern Medical Center, and discussing her summary in the August 2023 issue of EBGI. That summary is part of our In Case You Missed It series of RCTs used to develop clinical practice guidelines. Specifically, this is a summary of a seminal RCT done called the Attire Triangle which was specifically entitled A Randomized Trial of Albumin Infusions in Hospitalized Patients with Cirrhosis, and it's from the March 2021 issue of the New England Journal of Medicine. So welcome, Dr. Rich. And you know, why is this an important topic for our listeners? Well, thank you for having me. And, you know, like you mentioned, I think that this is a really important topic for our listeners in, in a seminal trial to try to answer this clinical question. So we know that patients with decompensated cirrhosis are at very high risk of developing infections. This is what they die from, including SBP, and this can result in renal failure. Um, and in preclinical studies, albumin does appear to have an anti-inflammatory role in addition to its other roles, such as increasing oncotic pressure, have an antioxidant effect, et cetera. But this anti-inflammatory role could potentially result in decreased systemic inflammation, fewer infections, and in turn, reduced rates of renal dysfunction and improved survival. So intravenous albumin is widely used for volume expansion in this population of patients with cirrhosis as they have peripheral arterial vasodilation, especially after we do a large volume paracentesis for people with refractory or poorly controlled ascites. Our societal guidelines from the ASLD and others do recommend albumin infusion in patients with spontaneous bacterial peritonitis, or SBP, hepatorenal syndrome, or HRS, as well as after a large volume paracentesis. And so these are three established indications. So this is the first randomized controlled trial to compare daily infusions of albumin versus a control group who only received targeted albumin infusions for treatment of large volume paracentesis, SBP, or hepatorenal syndrome, and hospitalized patients with decompensated cirrhosis. That seems to be really important. And as we've discussed before, we're trying to figure out how much albumin infusion is too much. We think targeted albumin infusions is helpful in patients with SBP or renal syndrome or who are undergoing large volume paracentesis. But in this study, we're looking at just will daily infusions of albumin improve outcomes in hospitalized patients with decompensated cirrhosis, really regardless of the reason for their admission? Is that what we're really getting at with the attire trial? Yeah, I think that's exactly the essence of the question because, you know, a lot of us think albumin, well, you know, could there really be too much of a good thing? This is something we use commonly in clinical practice. But as you mentioned, um, too much albumin can be harmful, as we'll discuss a little bit later, and may also not be cost effective. So I think that's what the is really trying to answer is our daily infusions and meeting this target above three grams per deciliter. Is that really helping our patients improving some of these hard outcomes that we'll discuss? 
Okay, great. So just for our listeners, so again, the entire trial is a multi-center, randomized, open-label, parallel group trial conducted in 35 hospitals across England, Scotland, and Wales between 2016 and 2019, where patients who are hospitalized with acute complications of decompensated cirrhosis, who also had a serum albumin level of less than three grams per deciliter serum albumin, and had an anticipated hospital stay of at least five days, were randomized to either get 20% cubinate albumin infusions at a rate of 100 mLs per hour, beginning on day one, versus only getting targeted doses of albumin in response to SBP or large volume paracentesis or uh, hepatorenal syndrome. And I'd note that about 50% of the patients in the control group ultimately did receive some albumin as part of targeted albumin infusion. Now, the primary endpoint was a composite endpoint of infection of any cause, renal dysfunction, or death between day three and day 15 of the trial. Among the 777 patients that ultimately had data that could be evaluated, I'd note that the most common reasons for hospitalization was new onset of ascites and or worsening of ascites. And that was present in about 60 to 70% of these patients versus the other 40% were split between either having a diagnosis of hepatic encephalopathy or variceal hemorrhage. Now, the bottom line results were that for this combined endpoint, of infection, renal dysfunction, or death between trial days 3 and 15, that there wasn't any difference between the two groups. That the group that was getting the daily infusions of albumin 30% met that primary composite endpoint compared to 30% in the standard of care group. What I do think is real important is that approximately 6% of patients in the daily albumin infusion group had either pulmonary edema or fluid overload as a serious adverse event versus only 2% who took the targeted infusion. You know, what do you think are the really important take-home points from this study that our listeners should understand, Dr. Rich? Yes, I think, you know, the, the key finding, as you mentioned, is that daily albumin infusions of hospitalized patients with decompensated cirrhosis in this study did not reduce the risk of infection, renal dysfunction, or death when compared to the standard of care targeted albumin infusions. So additionally, the daily albumin infusion group, which by the way received about three to 10 times more albumin than the standard of care group, were more likely to develop some of these complications that you mentioned, including pulmonary edema and fluid overload, which can be you know, quite concerning in these patients. So the generalizability of the study might also be limited because almost 90% of the patients in the study had alcohol-related cirrhosis and many had acute alcoholic hepatitis as well. Yeah, so this definitely doesn't for the average patient who's getting hospitalized because of worsening ascites while on diuretic, or certainly not patients hospitalized with SBP or hepatorenal syndrome. Nevertheless, it sure seems like this is an important trial that clarifies 
that daily albumin infusions is too much of a good thing, that targeted albumin infusions is recommended for SBP and large volume paracentesis and, and HRS per the AASLD guidelines, but it should be targeted. And, and so it may be a negative trial, but it definitely addresses a really important point. And I think that's a good lead in to talk about what you do in your own practice. And, you know, this trial was used by AASLD when they updated their guidelines on management of ascites and SBP and HRS in their 2021 guidance, how do you decide when to give albumin in both hospitalized patients with decompensated cirrhosis, as well as even outpatients that may just be coming in to get two or three liters of albumin of uh, acidic fluid, you know, removed? In my practice, I follow the updated 2021 ASLD guidelines that you mentioned on the management of ascites, SVP, and HRS. It's important to note that these guidelines did use the results of the entire trial, as you mentioned, and do not recommend the daily infusions of albumin and hospitalized patients with decompensated cirrhosis. In terms of hospitalized patients, you know, the standard indications where we use albumin Per the guidelines are those who are in the hospital with refractory ascites, those with HRS, patients with SVP, and whenever we do a large volume paracentesis in patients with refractory or tense ascites. This is all supported by the guidelines. I think, you know, in some general best practices in terms of patients with SVP, for example, it's important to keep in mind that albumin is not just a volume expander, but it's also preventing progression of AKI and has been demonstrated to improve survival with a few trials showing that the sickest patients, including those with a bilirubin over five milligrams per deciliter, and those that had already developed AKI with a creatinine over 1.0, um, deriving the most benefit. And so personally, you know, I use the dose of albumin that was used in that trial by SORT and colleagues. The dose in that trial was 1.5 grams per kilo of body weight on day one of 25% albumin, and then giving one gram per kilo of body weight on day three. That was what was used in the trial, but it should really be acknowledged that this was an arbitrary dose. But I think many of us hepatologists in clinical practice learned this, you know, 1.5 gram per kilo day one and one gram per kilo on day three. That's okay. a really important point for our listeners to remember. I think, you know, that's what the RCT data shows. That's the dose to use. And let me just double check one thing. And that's going to be the case even if their serum albumin is like 3.1 or 3.2 grams per deciliter. Yes, and in clinical practice, that's really regardless of the serum albumin at the time of the patient's presentation with SVP. Okay. How about for large volume paracentesis? I mean, we're always taught to give back albumin after taking off four liters or more. I know we talked about a couple of good tips for our listeners about just how much albumin to give when you take off fewer than four liters, as well as talking about some limits about just how much fluid to take off total when you're doing large volume paracentesis. Sure. So you know, for patients undergoing an LVP, whether it's as an outpatient, you know, a standing uh, paracentesis that they're needing for refractory ascites, or if they're an inpatient hospitalized, I really do the same thing in my practice. So I administer the recommended six to eight grams of 25% IV albumin per liter of ascites that's removed. And this is what is in the updated 2021 ASLD guidance uh, statements. I think it had been practiced and in some of the prior guideline documents 
to consider this when the amount of ascites that you're removing is over four liters and that perhaps patients who are undergoing a smaller volume paracentesis might not need albumin administration. I have to say though, in my practice and most of my colleagues at my institution, we do administer about 50 grams of IV albumin to patients, even those who are undergoing smaller volume paracentesis with less than four liters. Typically, we're doing smaller volume paracentesis in some of these patients because they have an, an AKI, and so they're already at risk for developing the post-paracentesis circulatory dysfunction or the PPCD uh, that's described in the documents and in the guidance documents and in this trial. The guidance recommends really taking a max of eight liters of acidic fluid on any one given paracentesis session. And I know that this is difficult clinically as, you know, many patients have are carrying more than eight liters of fluid. They really might want 10 or 12 liters removed or drained until they're dry, but that increases the risk of PPCD exponentially. So in addition to giving albumin, also limiting the total amount of acidic fluid removed can also prevent a renal dysfunction in these patients. I think it's also important to point out, though, that this optimal dose, 68 grams per liter of acidic fluid removed, is also, you know, somewhat arbitrary, and we really need more prospective studies in this area. Yeah, I think that's a very important point, that there's a lot of art of medicine involved in deciding just how much albumin to give patients, but the key point we can at least take away from the entire trial is that daily albumin infusions in these patients is too much albumin. And I really want to reinforce your other points. Stay away from taking off more than eight liters during one sitting in a large volume tap. For SBP, you want to give 1.5 grams of albumin per kilo on day one and one gram of albumin per kilo on day three. And that also, again, for large volume paracentesis, focusing in general around six to eight grams of albumin per liter removed per the AASLD guidelines. Does that about summarize the key points there, Nicole? Yes, okay. I think so. All right, great. Well, for our listeners, remember to subscribe to Evidence-Based GI on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at ACG underscore EBGI, where we host tutorials every Wednesday. And look for our blast email from the ACG on August 16th with our new issue. And thanks again to Dr. Rich for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.